Welcome to Rumike Talks podcast. I'm your host, Konstantin Starodetsky. This is a space where I interview professionals from the entertainment industry and discuss popular film-related topics with my co-host and producing partner, Romana Dinevska. Our goal is to help and motivate aspiring filmmakers to get their films made. Enjoy. Today we have a guest, Katura Hamilton. I'm thrilled to interview Katura Hamilton today. Katura Hamilton is a Jamaican-born actress and model based in Los Angeles. Most recently, she appeared in an Amazon original feature film, Nanny. She starred in the comedy play The Art of Dining to rave reviews. Katura has been featured in an international commercial for Gucci and high-profile print ads with 50 Cent. Katura is also a founder and acting president of Katura Hamilton Foundation, whose mission is to make difference in the lives of less fortunate youth, primarily through education. Please welcome Katura Hamilton. Welcome, Katura. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh my God, how exciting. Yeah, I've been trying to get you uh, uh, on this uh, podcast for quite some time and the schedule always didn't work in the right way. So thank you so much for coming today. No, thank you for having me. Seriously, this is amazing. I'm proud of you guys. Congrats on your show. Thank you. So let's dive in. What? Let's talk about young Katura in Ooh. Jamaica. <laughs> okay. What was the first creative memory that you uh, remember? Uh, what was the first creative thing that you've done? I was raised by my stepdad. My stepdad was the most amazing person there is. I couldn't ask for a better father figure um, in my life. He was always encouraging me. He was always telling me how smart, how beautiful, how talented I am. My first creative thing was I've always loved fashion, everything beautiful. I love everything beautiful, everything sexy. And I, I know as a young girl, sexy, yes, 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 I sure did. <laughs> but <laughs> And so my first creative thing was doing a fashion show um, in Jamaica. Me and my friends would get together. I had a friend, Wendy. She was a singer and I was the model. And we'd get together and would create these little pageants and events on her street because we live on this street called King Street in Jamaica. Mm -hmm. And we'll just block the streets and then we'll just have these little fashion shows and like, you know, singing competition. It was just crazy that you were, we were that young, but we were thinking of doing things like that, just being creative, being our creative selves. So yeah, that was my very first creative thing that I've ever done, having a fashion show. So just to set the stage, because I'm not familiar, uh, not familiar with Jamaica, um, but what I read says that primarily you speak English in Jamaica, but there is also another language, right? Yes, we talk Patwa Wagwan. <laughs> <laughs> so all of those performances were in the language, in that language, right? Listen, yes, as you know, Jamaica is an English-speaking country. However, we do talk Patwa Wagwan. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Did you understand <laughs> what I just said? <laughs> no. Okay, so Wagwan is like, what's up? Ah. Like, what's happening? So it's like, Wagwan is like a slang. You know yes. what I'm saying? But yeah, when you're with your fellow people, like your, your fellow Jamaicans and stuff like that, you just feel free. So you just want to talk. You, you don't care about speaking properly. You know, it's like, especially when my mom is around, forget about it. Cause she is no English speaking person. 
So the patwa just comes right out. It's like, we just talk, 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 talk. And sometimes people would be around and they're like, what are you guys saying? And we're like, good. We don't want you to know what we're saying because we're talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> were, were your parents, were your parents uh, encouraging you for the creative uh, endeavors? That's the thing. My mom was, my mom is really a simple person. And for her, it was just like, whatever, if you're happy, then that's perfectly fine with me. But my stepdad, he was more that person that would be more mm. encouraging, like, you should do this. You can do it. You know, you, he, he literally used to call me Miss World. <laughs> and as a little girl, that was very inspiring. And it makes me feel like on top of the world, you know. So my stepdad was more that type of person than my mom. My mom is really like, okay, I have to make sure you guys are well taken care of. You know, your clothes are clean. You go to school, you know. Tell us a little bit about the journey of moving to America and uh, what was okay. the most challenging. So my mom was a mom who was a mom like no other. She wanted a better life for us. So she left Jamaica and came to the United States. And she, um, she was living in Chicago at the time. And I was in Jamaica being raised by my stepdad. And I guess because I was the only girl, um, I am the only girl, my mom was more like, I can't have my daughter in Jamaica and I'm living in the United States. So um, she sent for me. Well, my brothers first, and then for me. First, when I left Jamaica, I went straight to Chicago to live with her. And it was so depressing. And the reason why it was so depressing was because I'm leaving my beautiful country, Jamaica. Mm -hmm. It's very, 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 very hot. <laughs> <laughs> and to go to Chicago where it's cold, it's like below zero. And I was like, oh my God, what is this? And I was really, really down and depressed. And, you know, you have to be dressed in gloves and jacket. And I was like, no, this is not for me. So it took me a while to get adjusted um, to that type of lifestyle or, you know what I'm saying, the climate of just being so cold. And for me, it's like, I'll just be inside the house. And I'm in Jamaica where I'm free. I can go anywhere I want to go. I don't have to be, you know, I don't have to worry about just getting dressed and putting all these things on. I could literally walk naked in Jamaica if I want. <laughs> so, so, so when that happened, it was like really, really like, oh my God, what am I doing? And it took me a while. I was rebelling. You know, I didn't get along that much with my mom anymore because I didn't know her anymore. You know, she left me in Jamaica for a while, um, came to the United States, and then it was the relationship wasn't there anymore. So I was rebelling. I was out of control. But nevertheless, one day I was listening to the radio and they were scouting at the time it's M-A-A-I convention. Mm -hmm. And they were like, we're looking for new faces, fresh faces. Um, 
And we're going to whoever is our lucky winner, we're going to fly them to the Waldorf Astoria, New York City. Um, there's going to be scouts, tens of thousands of young ladies, blah, 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 blah. And I wrote the number down and I called and they were like, yeah, we're looking for um, fresh faces. You have to fill out this application, go on so-and-so website. I forgot at the time and I went on there, filled it out. Next thing I know, I ended up in New York City. Mm -hmm. I was at the Waldorf Astoria, and I felt like, wow, Keturah, I came from a third world country, and I'm at the Waldorf Astoria? This is a big deal. And all these girls were there, and we have to compete against one another. I came third in, um, it was a like leg competition, and mm -hmm. I came third, and it was so exciting. And then I got signed with Silk Modeling Agency. Mm -hmm. So that's how I started out. And I started doing like videos, billboards, ad campaigns. I was just in my world, in my element, because that's what I always wanted to do. I always wanted to be in fashion. Mm -hmm. So it was just, yeah, it was super exciting for me. It was a world that I wasn't really used to because, you know, when you're competing, it's like almost... Not almost, it's like, may the best men win. Mm -hmm. So it's a situation where now, don't think someone is going to be there for you. They will act like they're going to be there for you, but they're not going to be there for you. It's more like, you know what? I'm going to let you think I'm there for you, but guess what? I will knock you over. <laughs> so it was more like a cat, catty type of world I was pulled into. And leaving from my country, I wasn't used to that. I was used to people being kind and loving and caring. Not that we that we don't compete in Jamaica. That's not what I'm saying. But it it was totally, totally different. How old were you at the time? I was around, I think, 16, going on to 17, somewhere mm. around there. Yeah, that's a tough world for a 16-year-old <laughs> girl from Jamaica. <laughs> I know, but I was always a very mature person. Coming from a third-world country is like I know how to defend myself and like to be there. And as I said, my stepdad instilled a lot in me of toughness and just not being afraid. I was always fearless. Like mm -hmm. literally, I was a fearless person growing up. I didn't care. And... And, th and then again, you know, even though Jamaica is a third world country, we are a class system country also. We only have rich and poor. So it was like, if you are in a class where your parents kind of have some money or a name, it's like you're there. So you were taught that you could have just about anything if you work hard enough. You, you know what I'm saying? And you have to believe in yourself. So for me, that was it. I was fearless because of my upbringing, because of my stepdad. When did acting uh, enter the scene? What was your first acting job or, or gig in, in America? So after, you know, getting into modeling, I was always surrounded by people who is very creative. I had this friend, his name is Courtney Boyd. He was into writing and directing and stuff like that. And you always tell me, let's do something, let's do something. And I'm like, I'm not an actress, I'm a model. And he's like, so? You could still do it. And I'm like, yeah, you're right, I can. 
And then he would write little stuff and he would say, let's just shoot it, whether it's crappy or not. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you're right. And then he got this opportunity to shoot this um, movie called Redemption of Paradise. And he was like, I want you to be in it. And I was like, are you for real? And he said, yes. And they flew me to Antigua. Mm. And we shot it in Antigua. And that was my first really big experience. And then I started doing like these African movies. And next thing I know, I was in New York and then I met someone. We started dating, of course. And he said, you should move to L.A. I was like, okay. And I moved to L.A. And then I just started taking acting classes. The rest is history. <laughs> whoa, whoa. What do you think was one of your best investment uh, in your self as an actor? Like any particular classes or books or maybe even school? For me, my best invest, I have a lot of investments. And for me, it's like always just taking care of myself. And I'm not only talking about just taking care of myself physically, but I'm also talking emotionally. And for me, I've always been a person who loved to work out. I watch what I eat. So those are big investments for me because I believe your body is the temple. And so I take care of that first because I feel if you don't take care of that, you cannot be mentally sharp or emotionally sharp, right? And then another one is, okay, so as you know, I'm Jamaican, right? Mm -hmm. And even though we speak English, there are certain things that Americans say totally different mm -hmm. or differently. And um, I invested in myself by getting a speech teacher. So since I've moved to LA, I've, I have a speech teacher mm -hmm. just to work on my speech. Not that my speech is bad. However, I want to be able to turn it on and off. Mm -hmm. So if I want to talk my Patois, I can talk my Patois. If I want to talk like an American, I can do so. So, mm -hmm. um, and also what else? I just believe that taking an acting class is a very, 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 very important investment that you should make in, in, in oneself if you want to become an actor. Is there a particular uh class that you or a particular lesson that you were taught in that class that you remember that really inspired you or moved you to the next level just do it i always think that's it, it might just sounds very simple and like it's nothing but it's a big deal don't overthink just do it just get up and do it you know sometimes we overthink things um and it's like that's a form of fear Right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, just do it. Assume the position. <laughs> Don't overthink the position. Just assume the position. To me, that's a big, 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 big lesson. So how do you go from, oh, I want to be in a movie or I want to act in a movie to, let's say, acting in Nanny, an Amazon original feature film? Oh, oh, that was an experience of a lifetime, seriously. The reason why it's an experience of a lifetime was because I was able to be myself. 
the director, she wanted original. She wanted original accents, whether if you were from Africa or Jamaica. So she allowed you to be free. You know what I'm saying? I was free to just be my Jamaican self. Mm -hmm. Just say it. And then she's a black woman on top of that. It was just so powerful. And she is powerful. It was just beautiful being on set to see that, to see that power, to see a black woman calling all these shots, right? And it was just amazing to see that, to see that, to see the power of that, to be so free, to allow yourself to be so free. Her story is coming from a, a place of, of truth because mm -hmm. her mom, she was born in America, but her mom is from Africa, right? Mm -hmm. And she wanted to tell her mom's story of being a nanny. So mm -hmm. it was so powerful to be a part of that. And that's the thing. It's so funny, right? Because I lived in New York most of my life. And then I moved here to LA and my first major movie was shot in New York City. So they flew me from LA to New York to be in that movie. I thought that was so dope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds like a dream came true, yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely, yeah. yeah. Is, there, is there a particular moment on set of that movie uh, that you remember that stands out? Oh yeah, so I, were, I was wearing these Balenciaga um, sneakers and I got onto the set and she's like, Katara, a nanny could not afford to wear Balenciaga sneakers. We're going to have to remove those. And I'm thinking, seriously, you're going to remove my sneakers? <laughs> <laughs> but no, apart from that, just the familyness, the togetherness. It was like a family unit. Everyone was so nice, so supportive, so committed. To me, that's very important, you know? It's like it was everyone's project. It wasn't just, oh, it's my project. It was like everyone was invested in this project. So that was just so beautiful. And just to see the greatness of these women coming together to make this happen. Let's talk about some of your commercial work that you've done so far, which is also notable. You mm -hmm. worked with Gucci brand, you worked with 50 Cent. Tell us a little bit about that experience. So that was in New York when I did, at the time it was called Formula 50. So it was vitamin mm -hmm. water and then they, I think they switched the name to Formula 50 or something like that. Mm -hmm. So that was my first major um, commercial, print commercial. So we shot it at Mike Tyson Old Mansion at the time that was in mm -hmm. Connecticut. So that's where we shot it, it was really... It was just fun. I was in the Bronx mm -hmm. and this bus just passed by and I looked and I saw myself on the bus. <laughs> and I just started screaming because I'm a very, 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 very exciting person. I like to celebrate myself. I don't care what anyone has to say. I love celebrating myself. And when I saw myself on that bus, I was like, I was just screaming, <laughs> I was just screaming, <laughs> screaming, screaming, screaming. And it was just an experience of a lifetime. Because for me, it's like, it doesn't matter. You can't take that feeling away from me. You can't take that experience away from me. I did that. 
And because of that, I know things, anything is possible. Because coming from Jamaica, you have ne- I've never thought in my wildest dreams that I would be on a bus, you know what I'm saying? Or I would be in a movie or just anything at all. Because as a kid, you're dreaming, right? And people might tell you, stop the dreaming. It's impossible. But no, it's not impossible. It's possible. If you work hard and if you believe in yourself and if you're committed to what you believe in, it will happen. And most importantly, you must have faith. So uh, do you have some kind of practices uh, that you do to set those goals, to set those dreams? Uh, Do you have like a journal or maybe a ritual that uh, you do regularly? Yes. Do you mind sharing? Of course. Well, I pray a lot. I pray about everything and anything. It's my culture too, you know, we're big on that. Mm-hmm. And I journal a lot also. And I do a vision board mm-hmm. every year. And I just set my goals. I try my best, my very, very best to accomplish those goals. What I do, I always write down my goals what I'm going to do to accomplish those goals and also how I'm going to reward myself. So I I make it really fun for myself. I do like a scrapbook where I would say, I am going to have a private jet. I'll cut pictures out of a private jet and then I'll just paste it in my, my book and I make it fun for myself, you know, because you have to make life fun. Life is already so challenging where you can't be like, you know what? Life is hard, so I'm going to be... You can't do that. You have to find things or something that makes you feel... Even if you think it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Or you have to find something that makes you feel alive or something that's very satisfying to your soul to know that, you know what? I can do this. This is possible. Believe, 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 believe. And you have to believe because you can't expect people around you to believe sometimes in your craziness. So you have to just be like, you know what? I'm going to believe in myself and I'm going to do it, even if you think it's crazy and just go after it. Now I'm curious, what are your favorite ways to reward yourself? Are you going to put me on the spot like that? (laughs) But I will tell you, shopping yeah. Get in a massage. Perfect. I do like I get a facial almost like every two weeks. Or just going on a date by myself. Oh, I started doing that recently. Oh, that's um, nice. Started yeah. going on dates by myself. I'm testing myself to see if I have fear of intimacy by being by myself. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing that a lot and it's it's fun. Have you read the Julia Cameron book or any of her books? Yes. Does it ring about? Yes. Yeah, because that's where I hear the date with yeah. yourself. That's yeah, where I, I learned from. Yeah, I just finished it. We just finished it. Oh, nice. Uh, which one is it? Um, the artist, the artist way. The artist way. Ah, yeah. Because yeah. she she releases new book almost like every year and different. Really? Uh, yeah. Like for example, I have a recent a recent book. Well, it's not actually recent anymore. It's called um, the Listening Path. So it's Ooh. all about listening. It's like a six week program on how to listen. Uh, better yeah and I've been writing um, letters to myself so Mm -hmm. I like wrote like two letters so far to myself and I literally mailed them to myself 
And it's, it's fascinating. It's really, really <laughs> fascinating. I, I enjoy it. Yeah, that that's that's a great. I'm obsessed with like anything mail related, postcards mm -hmm. especially. Yeah. And when I was a kid, I was mailing myself letters from another city <laughs> <laughs> to to get them. some inspirational stuff. I was writing and then yeah. open it and read it. It's like Constantine yeah. from the past talks to Constantine from the uh, from the present. Oh. Let's talk about theater. Uh, do you remember your first play and? Um, uh, what was your favorite play also? I sure do remember my favorite play because it was an experience of a lifetime. And it was called um, Down on Your Knees and Up to the Moon. Hmm. And it was my very, very, very first play. And let me tell you something. When I said it was an experience of a lifetime, it was. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> the person who never fears anything thought she was going to die. I threw up. When it was time to go on that stage, I was like, what? And I saw all those people sitting. I'm like, oh, hell no. What if I go on stage and I can't remember my lines? What's going to happen? People are going to stone me. They're going to laugh at me. They're going to crucify me. They're going to put me on the cross. You know, all these crazy <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> I'm like, no, they're going to put me on the cross. They're going to nail me. They're going to stone me. They're going to say I'm horrible. They're going to say, get out of here. What are you doing? It was so terrifying mm -hmm. because it's life. And I did it. And I was like, oh, this is not that bad. And then I did it again. And I was like, oh, because it was like every week, right? Yeah. And then you start. You start to get used to it, being on stage. It was an experience of a lifetime, as I said. And since then, I just love stage. Because I think stage allows you to be free also, to do whatever, you know? And the thing with stage is that you don't have to worry. Forget that line. Just keep on moving. Because mm -hmm. no one is going to know that you did that. One of my best plays was... The motherfucker with the hat. Because <laughs> I was nominated by Broadway World for Best Feature Actress in a Play. Wow. So that was exciting. I was like, me? Nominated? What's the meaning of that word again? I was like, what? Nominated? Oh, let me get my dictionary and look up that word. <laughs> it, was, it was just the most rewarding thing. And it's not about winning. I don't care about that. It mm. was the fact that I was nominated for my work. Was it one of your first nominations or? Uh, yes. Yeah? Yes. Yeah, yeah that's. My first nomination. The first ones feel the most. Yeah. 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 So that was one of the highlights um, of your career. Now, if you're comfortable, uh, would you mind sharing a moment in your life when you failed? I fail every day. <laughs> <laughs> What is your favorite failure? No, I do. I fail every day. I, I do. I mean, come on. We, you know, I fail every day. I can't speak for anyone else, but I can speak for myself. I fail every day. I literally, be, I, I actually, not literally, I actually believe in failure. I'm joking about failing every day, but I do not believe in that word. I really don't. I don't believe in that word failure. I believe in timing, the right time, because sometimes it's just not your time. That doesn't mean you, you fail 
it's just mean that it's not your time to shine or it's not your time for this opportunity. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I really don't believe in that word. I believe in going back to the drawing board. I don't believe in the word failure. I don't think we should use that word. Cross that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we shouldn't use that word, period. Full stop. Because there's no such thing as failure. And I think sometimes too, is because people love instant gratification. Why they say they have failed. Because sometimes you could be doing something and it's not the time for it. But because it's not the time for it, you're like, oh, I can't be bothered. It's not going anywhere. Nothing is happening. And you give up on that thing. So I don't believe in that word. All right. The, do you have a, well, I guess timing, you mentioned timing, or is there another word that you would say to use instead of failure? Huh, that's a good one. Man, you're making me think right now. Sometimes I don't like thinking, okay? We can, we can come back to it later. No, no, no. I want to think. No, it's a good thing. I want to think. My word for myself, if I'm going to start thinking about the word failure, is I know I said timing, but I just can't find another appropriate word but timing. You know, like how they say there's a season for everything. Mm-hmm. Well, I believe that there is a time for everything. Feature films versus TV shows. Which one do you think is better as a job, let's say, as an actor? And what do you think is the future of both? Just give me the money, please. Give me the job and give me the money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if it's feature or it's TV show. <laughs> or I don't care if it's a feature film or a TV show. Just hire me, please, and pay me. Let's say from the viewer's perspective, uh, do you like to watch more feature films or TV shows? I love TV shows because mm-hmm. it keeps me on the edge of my chair. Because <laughs> it's like I want more. Like, oh my God, what's going to happen next, you know? So there's a excitement to it. But I love, um, I love feature too. I, I really do. It doesn't matter if the story is good, the director is good, and I'm being cast in it and I'm being paid, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds, sounds like a plan. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Is there a particular movie or film or an actor or a scene that you'd like to mention that uh, inspired you to pursue acting or motivated you to continue acting? The first movie I remember was Scarface. Mm-hmm. You know, Al Pacino. And he's just a phenomenal actor. My brothers would be like, man, we have to see Scarface. And then Alexis Colby, probably you're not into this, but it's like soap world. So I used to love to watch Alexis Colby and Blake Harrington, and they were on this soap opera called Dynasty. Mm. And then I used to love Dallas. So all those stuff. And then I would see Alexis Colby and she's well-dressed and she's just so gorgeous. And, um... Of course, because of the fashion, and I love the fashion, I'm like, ah, I want to grow up and be just like her. I want to wear those hats, and I want to wear those clothes, and I want to walk like her. She was a badass. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what you you want to play, uh, like badass characters in the future house. Yes. Nice. Definitely. Let me challenge your creativity for a little bit, if you don't mind. Okay. This is the question I ask my guest, and uh, here it goes. 
If you were an extraterrestrial from a perfect world where everything is well smooth, like a well-oiled machine, and now you're visiting our world with all of its issues, what would be the one thing that you'd fix? The one thing I would fix is the division of our brothers and sisters, the killing, not loving each other. I just think it's it's just horrible that there's no togetherness because we're all brothers and sisters. Doesn't matter the color of our skin, you know, our bank accounts. I just feel like we're all one. So if I could fix something, I would fix the division amongst us. Yeah, that's a good that's a good one. Is there anything else that you'd like to add to the the conversation? Anything that uh, I forgot to ask you or something that's coming up soon? Anything you'd like to share or promote? I'd love to share my nonprofit organization, the Katara mm-hmm. Hamilton Foundation. Um, it's just a beautiful organization because I have some very supportive people behind my organization, um, the volunteers, the sponsors, and just what we're about. We're really doing the work. We're not saying we're doing the work and we're not doing the work. We're really doing the work. And it's just so rewarding and so refreshing to see that I have all these I have all this great support behind it, you know, of just people believing in my journey, believing in my message, and us being able to do an annual scholarship for the less fortunate or who are not able to, you know, go to school. You know, we give away scholarships, we give away school supplies. It's inspiring to see that there's people out there that believed in my journey and my message. You know, I'm not trying to change the world, but I am, I want to make a difference, even if it's one life at a time. So, yeah. Are there any projects uh, that coming up soon? Uh, any feature films, TV shows? or? Oh, yeah, there is a project coming up soon, but we can't talk about it. So I right. hopefully you will invite me back on. Yeah, I'll talk about it uh, yeah. next time. Okay. Yeah. okay, yeah, so we could Definitely. talk about it. All right, and uh, now the final question that I ask every guest who comes, and it's um, obsession of the week. So it could be anything. Something that they've been obsessed this week. Like, for example, for me, uh, this week is uh, postcards. I mean, I've been obsessed with them forever, but particularly this week, I was obsessed with postcards because I wanted to organize them in a new way. And I said organize them by country. And I bought like a special case and put like files with each country. Is there some something ridiculous like this uh, that you'd like to share? <laughs> my shoes. Nice. I'm obsessed with my shoes. So I want them in my, you know, because I don't want to say it this way, like I'm braggadocious, but I like to have my certain shoes in the bags Mm because I have bags for certain shoes. They have to be in there. Cannot see them outside of that bag. (laughs) (laughs) They have to be in the bag. Is it a particular bag? It comes with it. It comes Ah, with it. It comes with it. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's something that you've been obsessed this week or it's 
it's just in general. I'm obsessed with it, period. <laughs> Not just this week, for a lifetime. <laughs> All right. <laughs> nice. If people want to find you um, or contact you or say hi or thank you for for a film, uh, where can they find you? Um, so I'm on socials, IG, Katura Hamilton, Facebook, Katura Hamilton. Thank you. Thank you, Katura, for coming today for this interview. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And I hope I, you'll invite me again. Absolutely. Okay. All right. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Rumike Talks podcast. You can find the show notes at rumike.com. I'm your host, Konstantin Staradetsky. My producing partner, Rumena Dinevska. See ya.